Welcome to the Mending Trauma Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Hoyt, and along with my sister, Lena Hoyt, a licensed marriage and family therapist, we want to help you recover from trauma, whether it's childhood trauma, complex trauma, PTSD, or any other trauma sustained from abuse or narcissistic relationships, we want to help you develop skills and ways that can help you to recover from the symptoms and the effects of trauma. We are so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hi, Amy here. Are you feeling stuck or overwhelmed by things that pop up in your daily life? And perhaps these are because of past traumas or toxic stress? Have you tried traditional therapy and found that it wasn't enough? I know that was the case for me. That's why we developed the Whole Health Lab. Mending Trauma has put together a program that combines the latest research with proven methods to help you recover from trauma and move forward from these daily stressors and triggers. We use somatic therapy, EMDR, cognitive behavioral therapy, and internal family systems therapy. We use nervous system regulation, and many other tools so that we can combine the best methods that are identified in the research to help you recover without being completely overwhelmed. So you can work on trauma on your own pace, your own time, and still with the mentorship and support of a highly trained certified staff. That's us. No more waiting for appointments or sitting in traffic, driving to see a therapist. With our online program, The Whole Health Lab, you can access it from anywhere, anytime, even on an app. Visit mendingtrauma.com backslash whole health lab and learn more. Get your questions answered. We've got a frequently asked questions section and sign up so that you can have this life-changing program in your world today. Don't let your past hold you back any longer. Take control of your future and we can't wait to see you in The Whole Health Lab. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. We are excited today to talk about something we get a lot of questions about, especially around the holidays, and that is how to have appropriate boundaries with family members or loved ones. So let's talk about boundaries. It's always a fun topic. (laughs) Sometimes um, people can have really adverse reactions to the word boundaries which is really unfortunate because boundaries are actually designed when they're healthy to um, make a relationship more rewarding and more connecting and that sort of thing. So boundaries aren't a bad word. They're just a way of deciding what you're going to tolerate or what's healthy for you. I love that. And the way I think of boundaries is it kind of sets expectations for the, the relationship Yeah, I think um, one of the most striking examples I have of boundaries is when when we used to go to Donner Lake um, in early adulthood and all the families would be there and we would have a meeting that evening that we arrived or the second morning and we would talk about what everybody's expectations were for the trip this year. And it helped prevent so much miscommunication, hurt feelings, confusion, that sort of thing. And I loved that we were able to do that because it preserved our family time and protected it from um, problematic communication or misunderstandings. That's a great memory. And I had actually forgotten about that. So thank you for reminding me. What is a basic definition of boundaries for those of 
you know, listeners who they've heard the word, but what is a very basic definition? In its most basic form is the understanding of where I start and end and where you start and end. I like that. Yes. And um, when we have been raised Um, with um, some level of chaos, whether it's from raging, having a parent who rages or addiction or mental health issues, there, by nature of that dynamic, those dynamics, there's not a lot of healthy boundaries. And so we actually can be raised in a household that doesn't do boundaries. And so we truly can experience that we don't know where we start and end. And we're all merged together with other people. Okay, so that's a great place to start for this discussion, especially as we're focusing on how to set boundaries for the holidays. So how can we tell, um, or let's just do boundaries 101. If you are someone who has a problematic family member, maybe it's addiction, maybe it's um, a lot of criticism, and you're contemplating getting together for the holidays, what are some boundaries 101 we can start to work on? Well, what would your idea be for, for you what would you say are some baseline things that you would expect from a holiday gathering or interactions at a holiday gathering? One of the things that's really important to me is that people are kind and respectful in their communication. So if we have someone who's um, using critical or abusive language or um, using a lot of sarcasm, which can mask criticism, that to me is pretty uncomfortable, especially if it's directed at my children. So, yeah. That makes sense. I'm working with a family in um, my private practice right now, and we're talking about ways to get together and have gatherings that are not problem-saturated. And a lot of times what can happen is we can be gathered for family events or celebrations and there's some underlying conflict or disagreement that hasn't been resolved. And one or more people in the family insist that it be discussed at every single gathering. And so what you have is every gathering becomes problem saturated and there's no space for neutral or positive engagement with each other that doesn't contain the conflict or the disagreement. And when that happens, we actually don't want to be together. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of avoidance in that situation. So a boundary in terms of a family gathering is going to really be dependent on your individual comfort level. So it could be, I mean, there may be a family that's okay with talking about something that happened. Right. Um, but probably not if it's every single gathering because that there's no resolution. Right. So essentially when we think about where we start or end and where the other person begins, how can we differentiate what we are able to control? That's a million dollar question because <laughs> we can't control much. The only thing we can control, and that for me, that's only sometimes, is myself. 
So how I um, interpret things, how I let something affect me, the way I behave or react, those are the only things that I have control over. And again, I wasn't being silly when I said sometimes I don't have control over those, depending on my nervous system response. Sure. Yeah. So, and that's what I wanted to get to is ultimately um, we can set boundaries about what we are comfortable having in our relationships. And ultimately we only have control of ourselves. What would be a boundary that would be really basic for family gatherings besides not bringing up old family wounds um, during this particular holiday, if that's one of them? Sure. Um, If your family has differing political views, then you could have the boundary of saying, I've decided I'm not going to talk about politics during this gathering. So you won't be able to control whether someone else talks about politics, but you yourself will be able to control if you engage in that discussion. Correct. And if you are the one hosting, you can send private messages to people saying, I'm requesting that at, you know, Thanksgiving this year, um, that we avoid any talk of politics and we allow this time to just be lighthearted gathering of family. I think that is a great strategy. And um, from, you know, my experience, it sometimes works and it sometimes doesn't. Right. But if we don't try to um, set a boundary, then it for sure will never work. Correct. Yeah. And I think about what we, what we've learned um, as siblings and in our family and over the last even five or 10 years and how, because we can't control somebody else, it is essential that we find a way to remove ourselves calmly and um, with grace from a situation that we find really upsetting that we can't control. And that can be sometimes really hard to do because what most of us have learned is we stay and fight until somebody agrees with us or until it's somehow solved. And I don't mean punching and, and kicking, but we verbally spar. And if we are wanting to have more emotion regulation around family gatherings during the holidays, we have to find a way to either internally kind of detach from the conversation or get out of the room in which it's occurring or make a request to somebody who is talking about things that are, you know, upsetting. I'm wondering if we can talk about this after dinner. Like I can see you're really, you really have strong feelings about this. Can we talk about it after dinner? One of the things that you and I have talked about that we advise clients to do a around boundaries and holidays when it comes to some sort of criticism or critique is to beforehand set the boundary that you are more than welcome to communicate your concerns about me and I would like them written down. And that what that does is it, it provides a container for the criticism And so a lot of people won't go to the trouble of writing down their criticisms, but let's say they do, you know, let's say your family member has an opinion about how you're raising your children or um, how you spend your money. And um, a great boundary is to say, I understand you have concerns about the way we're raising our children or the way we're, you know, utilizing our finances. 
you're more than welcome to write those down and I will consider them at another time. If they do show up with a piece of paper at a holiday event, you can, um, you've taught me this, you can very politely say, thank you so much for writing your concerns down. And I'd love to schedule a time in the future to talk about that. Yes. And it's such a ninja move. It is because you're not arguing with somebody about what they should or shouldn't say. What you're doing is you're considering um, a way to contain it and to have boundaries around it. And most people will never, ever go to the trouble of writing down their concerns. So this is really a really helpful um, intervention or tool to use when you have family gatherings with family members that are really critical of you. And um, when, when that becomes part of the ongoing dialogue at family gatherings, you can have this ability to say, I, I'm more than happy to consider what your concerns are. And um, if it would be helpful to you, write them down before Thanksgiving and you can bring the paper and we'll find a time to talk about it. But in families with a lot of criticism, there's no stop to it ever. It doesn't matter if it's about your your laundry detergent or whether or not your kids have too many activities. And what you're doing is you're using your own personal power to put a box around when this is going to contaminate or infringe on family time. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, it is always an option to say, I am not open to um, listening to your criticism of me. It's always an option. What I want to kind of move the discussion towards today is the way we set ourselves up for connection at these gatherings. Ultimately, we are gathering because of tradition, because of ritual, right? Having a meal together, for instance, for Thanksgiving or for Hanukkah or for Christmas. And we are looking forward to a true connection with the people we love. What happens often is because we are human and we have hurt each other over the years, we are not able to stay in an open and connective state, okay, with our nervous system. And so what we're hoping to do is to help um, you prepare for a way to minimize some of those fight, flight, freeze responses. And not that they're bad, they serve their purpose, and we want them to warn us of of danger. However, we also want to be able to connect when we feel we want to connect. And what has happened to me in the past is I have these dreams of connection at a meal and then the meal comes and I don't feel connected. I feel completely on guard. And so by kind of taking some time to thoughtfully create a few boundaries, whether they're just ones that you keep in your heart and you don't necessarily share with anyone or they're ones that you text out and share with others because we can have personal boundaries. Like I'm not going to talk about this and I will just smile and change the subject. Whatever that looks like for you, our goal is to give you tools to um, actually connect because besides the drive that we have as humans for survival, the next strongest drive is for connection. 
And these holidays and these rituals are about connection, ultimately. Right. That's the goal. Yep. And they get hijacked. And so we're trying to help you not get your connecting time hijacked. Is there anything else you can think of that would be really helpful for someone planning their holiday with their family? Well, when you're talking about how you, um, that it's acceptable to say, I'm not open to receiving feedback right now or hearing criticism about me right now. I remember early, early on in our own family's journey with family therapy, our therapist teaching us to say, I'm uncomfortable with this. And we've moved away from that kind of um, communication as a society. And instead of talking about our own responses, we tend to blame or label somebody else's behavior towards ourselves. And that can just be a never ending cycle of disagreement. So if we are able to say, I'm uncomfortable talking about this right now, that can be one of the most mild ways of expressing your own stance. And sometimes you might need to do the broken record. Yeah, I'm really not comfortable talking about this right now. But what about da 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 da? And how come you voted da 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 da? I can tell it's really important to you. And right now, I'm not able to talk about it. Being able to um, kind of protect your own sense of self without having to be aggressive or do some kind of cutoff or that sort of thing. I think the other thing um, that goes right along with this is another skill that you have taught um, the people who are in our program, the whole health lab, and you are really excellent at this skill. And that is saying to people, it sounds like you have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this. Or I can see that you have a lot of thoughts and feelings about the way I'm disciplining or not disciplining my children. So it's an observation. And what that does is it helps the other person um, realize almost the nature of how they're uh, responding to you or how they're acting. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of miraculous how effective it is. Um, It's not effective if you do it aggressively or snidely or in a snarky way, but if you do it really calmly, it is, it stops people kind of in their tracks mentally because instead of getting in an argument about, what one person thinks you should do and you disagree, you're just commenting on the fact that the person who's talking to you has thoughts and feelings about it. And that's all you say. Perfect. So just to recap, boundaries are wonderful and appropriate and will help set you up for um, hopefully a more connective holiday season You are always welcome to observe that someone has a lot of thoughts and feelings. You're welcome to let people know that you're uncomfortable and with the conversation. And you're also welcome to preemptively text out or talk to people about kind of some things you'd like to see at the family gathering that you'd like to see more connection and less discussion of conflict or anything that's going to bring up a lot of conflict. Thanks so much for joining us this week, and we look forward to being with you next week. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Mending Trauma Podcast. Lane and I are really grateful that you spend time with us each week. We know you have a choice and that time is currency. We would love if you would share this episode on social media and tag us so we can reshare. If you feel so inclined, go and give us a five-star review wherever you listen to pods so that we can get the word out and help more people. We know that we are all working hard on our mental health and we wish you great success this week in implementing these new skills. We'll check in next week.